Traveling to consciousness, exploring spiritual journeys to find answers in uncertainty. What is up, Conscious Monkeys? Welcome to another episode of Traveling to Consciousness. As always, I'm your host, Clayton Kateri. Today's guest is an expert in the realm of astral projection. We met through the infamous Reddit uh, <laughs> forum. I had posted on uh, the astral projection subreddit, and I was looking for someone to teach me more about it. And luckily, today's guest answered my call. He is the author of the book, Astral Projection and Lucid Dreaming, Spiritual Revelations and Out-of-Body Experiences in Higher Dimensions, A Complete Guide to Exploring Non-Physical Reality. And if you just read the intro of this book, it'll have you wanting so much more. Conscious Monkeys, welcome to the show, Vincent Field. Before we start the show, I must warn you that there are ads throughout this podcast episode. If you'd like to get the show ad-free, you're able to get access by downloading the official Traveling to Consciousness app. It's available in the Google Play Store and iOS Store. I will note that there is a small monthly fee associated to get these episodes ad-free. And this is an important part. Make sure that any purchases you make, you make on the website, travelingtoconsciousness.com, because products are going to be 15 to 30% more expensive through the app. Because, you know, the big boys got to get their own check. Even though you're purchasing this stuff through the website, you will still be able to enjoy all this content on the app. Now, if you prefer the free route, you can get a free login on the app, and that will grant you access to challenges and notifications when new episodes arrive, discounts, exclusive content, and so much more. All of this just by searching Traveling to Consciousness in your phone's app store or click the link below. Now, Conscious Monkeys, let's get the show started. Vincent, thank you for being here, my man. Yeah, definitely, man. I look forward to it. So, if this is someone's first episode, they've never heard of astral projection, they never heard of a non-physical reality, what is the first thing that you would tell someone that astral projecting is? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, basically, astral projection is a type of out-of-body experience in which your consciousness leaves the physical body and travels into higher dimensions of reality. Uh, these higher dimensions are commonly called uh, the astral dimensions. Um, and so basically, reality consists of an entire spectrum of different dimensions that exist at, at different uh, frequencies of energy. And it, it's similar to how there are different um, you know, frequencies of light. And we can only perceive a limited range of these frequencies and the rest of the light spectrum uh, is basically invisible to us, you know, X-ray and infrared and all that. It still exists, um, but you know, we, we can't perceive it. And so in the same way, um, all of these higher dimensions of reality also exist beyond our current perception while we're grounded in the physical body. But during astral projection, during out-of-body experiences, uh, your consciousness enters these uh, higher dimensions, and, um, and that's what you experience. 
Super cool. And I know that there's some sort of overlap here with lucid dreaming as well, because when we dream, you know, sometimes if we're lucid dreaming, it's conscious, right? And if we're not conscious, then it's also an experience, right? Like we wake up and we remember our dreams and the act of remembering something is a conscious act in and of itself. So this, so, and you even said in the title of the book, that it's kind of like the same thing, right? Where there's almost like this very tight coupling between lucid dreaming and astral projection. Uh, they are similar. Yeah. I, I don't believe they're the same thing, uh, but there are similarities. Um, essentially, uh, lucid dreaming is a type of out of body experience in the sense that, uh, you experience yourself, your consciousness, uh, outside of your physical body. Um, one of the main differences is, is where these experiences take place. Typically lucid dreams take place in more of a subconsciously created non-physical reality. Whereas astral projection takes place in more of a consensus level of reality. So the astral dimensions exist uh, beyond your own mind. Um, whereas, you know, during a lucid dream, it's basically uh, your subconscious mind that is uh, creating the experience, creating the environment. And because of that, um, you have a lot more uh, control during lucid dreams uh, in terms of um, if you want to manifest uh, some kind of experience, um, you want to, you know, maybe change the environment, you want to just you know, create something right in front of you. Um, essentially, this is uh, just done with intention through your mind. Uh, whereas that's not the case in astral projections because, um, well, like I said, uh, these realities exist uh, beyond yourself. And so, um, you know, your subconscious mind um, and, you know, your, your conscious mind and your intentions, uh, they do have an effect in the astral dimension, you know, just like they have an effect here in the physical dimension, but, you know, here in the physical dimension, we can't just think of someone and have them just appear in front of us, right? During lucid dreams, you can do that. Now it's, you know, it won't be the actual person. It'll be some kind of, you know, thought form, um, generated by the subconscious mind. And, and so similarly, like in astral, uh, projections, um, it, it's much harder to, to actually manifest something like that. Um, but, uh, during astral projections, um, you do have a connection with higher portions or higher aspects of your consciousness, which uh, we're, uh, not commonly, um, aware of, but through this connection with these higher aspects of, of ourselves, um, we can, um, in a sense, direct our experiences through our intention. Um, an example of this is um, during one astral projection, I wanted to meet my deceased great-grandmother. And so I stated the intention, I, I want to see my, my great-grandmother. She had been dead for, for several years. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I wanted to, to see if she was actually out there, if I could, you know, meet her. And with that intention, all of a sudden, I was pulled by, by this force like through space and I was flying through space 
past stars and planets and, and galaxies. It was, it was, it was really, really an incredible experience. Just, just that aspect of it. Um, you know, I didn't know where she was. I didn't know how I would come to meet her. This just happened. And then, you know, next thing I knew I was face to face with her and we were communicating. And so this experience was generated. Um, it was basically directed through this connection uh, that I have and that everyone has with these higher aspects of ourselves, which can uh, lead us during these astral projections to have the experience that we want. But it's not the same as a lucid dream because in a lucid dream, typically it'll just be your subconscious mind uh, creating. It's almost more of an illusory type experience. Mm. That's interesting. I mean, the two things that are really jumping out at me is number one, the intention setting, because I know for myself, if I do anything like, and that's something I'm getting big with, whether it's, <laughs> and people might give, be getting uh, bored with this because I've stated it so many times on my podcast, but just setting that intention of like, before I drink water, why am I drinking water? You know, it can be just even a habitual thing of like, oh, well, I feel thirsty, so I should drink or eating food or sleeping. Like, what's the intention of me going to bed? What's the intention of us recording this podcast? So that's fascinating to hear that that even transcends onto this astral projection, lucid dreaming realm. The other thing that, and this might be a little bit more fun to talk about, is how there's this kind of, like, you're, you're saying they're kind of the same, but then the difference seems to be where, you know, lucid dreaming is more, you're in your own mental playground where you're able to create whatever you want to create versus astral projection, projection, projecting. You said, you said this consensus, I think you said consensus level view of the world. And when you are saying that, is that more like this physical reality? Like if you're looking at me, if you're looking at, I don't know, the United States, like you, like in your subconscious mind, you could change the configuration of the United States. But if you're astral projecting, you're only going to see the United States as it is. It's not like you can manipulate states and move them around. Yeah, that's right. Okay, cool. And so then what would the next step of that be? The next step of that would be. Hmm. <laughs> well, so, I, I can talk a little bit more about um, the distinctions between astral projection and lucid dreaming. Sure. Um, I mean, probably the first one um, that comes to mind, the first one that is, is experienced by anyone who, who has these uh, experiences um, is is how they are induced. Astral projection is typically induced um, directly from a fully awakened state. So you lay in bed, you do a meditation, and you project from your body. Uh, there's no break in consciousness. It's just a, a flow from one state of consciousness to the other. Whereas typically a lucid dream, you fall asleep, you lose consciousness, and there's usually some kind of subconscious trigger that will arouse your lucidity in the dream, right? And, and a lot of times um, that is induced by um, some kind of subconscious programming. Um, and, and so right off the bat, uh, that's, that's one of the biggest distinctions in terms of how you have these experiences. But um, another is that, you know, during the experience, let's say a dream. Well, typically in a dream, there's some kind of scenario taking place, being carried out. 
and you're you know immersed in this this scenario and during a normal dream you're not aware that you're dreaming but um you are having this experience some kind of story is taking place and you're involved in it and when you become lucid in the dream usually this story this scenario which is typically uh created by the subconscious mind um is still taking place um and so a lot of times you know you can go along with it you can kind of change the storyline um but you can also transcend the story transcend the scenario and when you do that by um increasing your your level of consciousness you can transcend into the astral dimensions you can kind of break from the subconsciously generated environment into these consensus levels of non-physical reality the astral dimensions and you know um it it's something that over over the years a lot of experimentations and experiences um you know going back and forth from these different states of consciousness uh it's something that becomes apparent and and you know obvious over time but it it is something you need to to experience to to truly understand yeah and that's something i want to get to at a certain point is what you're talking about is like that experience because you know if no one's ever done it before something that i've always kind of thought of is like how are you how do you know let's say that you're not just in your imagination and just like oh i you know i'm astral projecting but really you're kind of just still in your imagination of this third density being the other thing though that i think might be a little bit more important to touch on first is you were talking about experiments being done and I'm sure you're aware of this, but let's find out the CIA documents about the gateway experiment. I believe it's called the gateway experiment. Uh, let me know. Have you heard of this before? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, when I hear gateway, uh, I think of, um, the, uh, gateway experience, which is a, um, basically an out-of-body experience um generating um course with um some kind of audio software which uh, alters your your brain waves to allow you to um, experience these other levels of of consciousness um, by uh, the monroe institute uh, i'm not sure if it's the same thing as what you're talking about I, I know what you're talking about and it's a little different. So we don't have to go too deep into this because I haven't done my full research. I've just kind of done the 50,000 foot overview. What I was going into was I, I think it's called the gateway experiment, but the, the CIA basically released like these declassified documents, basically laying out, you know, their interpretation of how you astral project. And, you know, what I've heard from some people is that it's slightly wrong. Like they've missed a couple things, um, which is why they had where they found some inaccuracies within it. But I find it fascinating because that was released. Uh, but it sounds like you haven't heard of that yet, which is totally cool. So let's pivot back though, then to the Monroe Institute with they, they have right some sort of, and I think I saw this on Reddit where it's some sort of, um, it's almost like a 10 step program or a 12 step 
you know, program checklist of like, you know, you do these certain things and then you're able to basically train your brain to get into like a hemisync level. And then you're able to get to this point where you're able to like actual project every night. Would that be a fair evaluation of it? Um, well, I've actually, um, used the, the, the gateway experiment, um, experience, um, course and some, some other courses that they offer. And essentially what it is, is, um, is a series or a progression of audio tracks, uh, that you listen to during meditation and, and they, um, induce particular, uh, brain waves uh which correspond with different states of consciousness and typically um they have different names focus 10 focus 12 focus 15 you know the numbers increase as the the state of consciousness uh deepens and as uh you know those states uh they they say that they correspond with different um levels of non-physical reality and so you know th uh, through this hemisync through um these frequencies um, uh, it allows you to, to more easily, uh, project into these non-physical dimensions. Um, and yeah, it's a progression. So typically, you know, you start, you know, from the bottom and work your way up and, um, it's pretty effective. Yeah. Um, you know, personally, I prefer to do it uh, without the audio aids, um, just because, you know, it's never good to develop, you know, an attachment or dependence on something like that. Uh, but, you know, I've, I've used it on and off over the years and it, it's definitely effective. It's helpful. And, you know, it has allowed me to have experiences, um, even like when I'm, when I'm not trying. So, so maybe I'll, I'll lay down for bed and I'll, I'll put on uh, a hemi-sync track and, you know, later that night I'll spontaneously have an out of body experience uh, because I'm listening to, to that track, like as mm -hmm. I'm sleeping and it kind of uh, awakens my consciousness during the night. Conscious monkeys. I need to tell you about these psychedelic fabric mushrooms that are absolutely incredible that have just come across. They're all one of a kind and are honestly a perfect trip buddy. They're an incredible addition to anyone's like house or room who takes psychedelics and you have a certain spot that you like to go and relax. You're going to have to check out these Aquarius mushrooms. These high-end mushrooms are made with 100% recycled material and are all one of a kind. Honestly, these mushrooms are something I'm not going to be able to describe in words alone. You're going to need to check out the link below and search to see if you can find one that resonates with your soul. Remember, they're all one of a kind and made from 100% recycled material. Aquarius mushrooms. Premium mushrooms for the new age of enlightenment. Get yours today. And with that being said, conscious monkeys, let's get back to the interview. That's super fascinating. And it's probably a good point to pivot into your personal journey and how you found your way to this mystical realm. Uh, when was, I guess, when was the first time you heard about astral traveling or like, what was your first experience with the astral realm? It was when I was 14 years old and I heard about it uh, online. I was just browsing the internet and uh, I came across a website that was talking about out-of-body experiences. And at that time I had never heard of it, but I thought it was so fascinating and I, I wanted to do it myself. And I, I found a technique 
And, you know, within a week I was able to leave my body and, you know, I've been practicing it ever since. That's cool. Do you, and so then it sounds like it came pretty natural to you. Like it, it seems like there's, and maybe I'm projecting a little bit here myself because I've tried, I've tried a little bit of like astral projecting. Like I know there's like a rocking method where you try to like kind of rock yourself out of your body. And I guess I don't know that I've, there was one time I had like a lucid dream and then it kind of turned into like an, it was a weird, it was a weird one, but I don't know that I've actively done it. Have you seen that? It seems like it's something that's like more easily for easily available for you versus other people. Uh, well, yeah. Um, there are definitely people who struggle at inducing the experience. And, um, you know, looking back after so many years of doing this and like analyzing um, why it came so naturally to me, why I was successful so soon, um, you know, I realized that there were uh, specific factors that, you know, in combination seem to, to produce the results. So, you know, I mean, one was that I was, I was super motivated. Uh, I was so interested in this, like it was all I could think about like 24 seven. And, um, you know, I was, um, really dedicated and consistent with, with my practice and with my attempts, you know, every day I was doing it and I didn't care how long it would take. And, you know, the, the first several days I wasn't successful, but but I, I didn't give up, you know, I, I stuck with it, you know, for, you know, over an hour sometimes with my attempts. And, um, you know, another factor was, uh, my confidence because I, I had no doubt that I could do it. You know, I was confident that, that I would do it. And, uh, and, you know, I, I think that can be a really, um, like a limiting factor. You know, a lot of people, they have, uh, some degree of, of doubt, you know, they're not actually sure if, if they can do it. You know, I, I, I coach people. Um, and, and this is something that's pretty common. Um, you know, a lot of times I can tell that, uh, they're not truly confident in their ability to do it. And they ask me, you know, maybe, uh, there's something wrong with, with my spirit and it's not allowing me to do this. And so, you know, you need to go into it. Uh, with the mindset um, that you will succeed, you know, and just like anything else. And, um, and, you know, the technique is also important. So I, I, I've seen people um, trying to use these techniques that, that aren't so effective. Now there is a degree of science to it in a sense, because you do need to induce a particular state of body and mind. And, you know, some techniques um, aren't as good as inducing that state, right? So uh, it, it's a combination of, of several factors that come together. Um, you know, in my case, I think that's why I was so successful. And I think, um, you know, lacking some of those factors is what holds most people back. That makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, kind of a lot of things you're touching on there because number one, you know, there's a, uh, it's interesting because as I've gone kind of deeper into this spiritual consciousness rabbit hole, there's a level of, you know, belief that I've accumulated where, and I think this holds true. And I think majority of people would agree with this, where 
we come into this life to learn certain things, to have certain life lessons, to do certain things. And I think through some of the books I've read specifically by like Dolores Cannon or Michael Newton, it seems like some people come into this earth existence with a little bit more proclivity to connecting to the other states of this reality, let's say the, the states of spiritual connection, their clear abilities, because it's interesting too, because even in reading these books, um, the parallel is, is if like you have too much of a certain clear audible, clear audience, clear sentience, you can get lost in it, right? Like you can get trapped in the other side per se, and then it makes it difficult to distinguish where reality is. So there has to be like this governing level governing like a governor like uh that you would find like on a cart there has to be like this limit of how much that you would actually be exposed to on the spiritual plane of things because i feel like if you were to experience too much of the spiritual reality at once your body would almost well you wouldn't have a human experience you would be experiencing the spirit it's like we we chose to incarnate at a certain level so that we could have a human experience right so where I'm going with this was to your first point where, you know, I've kind of had these own doubts myself where it's like, well, maybe I'm not supposed to, uh, you know, be proficient in lucid dreaming. What if I set that as my intention coming into this life that I wanted that to be a, like a block, like let's say a block in air quotes. But it's interesting to your point. It's like, but the mind is so powerful that if I start telling myself that, then that's what my reality becomes. And I'm almost creating this like self-fulfilling prophecy uh, around like the astral projecting phenomenon or my inability to actually do it. And so that's really a fascinating part of your, what you're pointing out there that really resonated with me. But where I want to go with this is you started talking about like there were some techniques that worked for you. You tried a bunch of them. Some of them are garbage and some of them are great. Let's focus on the positive. What are the ones that you would mostly recommend to people? What are like the easiest ones to kind of start or even just get your mind going in this direction? Okay, well, <clears throat> I'll talk about the first two techniques that I ever used. The first one was a technique that's done during a, a normal awakened state. A lot of times it'll be done uh, right before bed, uh, maybe during the day. And um, it's essentially a meditation. And the meditation has um, two objectives. One is to induce a deeply relaxed bodily state. And the intention there is for your body to fall asleep. And the other aspect is for your mind to remain aware as your body falls asleep, because this is a condition that you want to meet uh, mind awake, body asleep. Mm. <clears throat> and so, like I said, it, it took a little less than a week for me to have an out of body experience using this method. And I would do it, uh, you know, at night before falling asleep. And the issue with this method is that, um, well, at this time, your body and your mind are, are not in the ideal state to have this experience. Okay. Um, 
sometimes your body isn't fully relaxed. And uh, so, you know, the method involves progressively tensing and relaxing every muscle in your body. Um, and, you know, this can take a while and there's no guarantee that your body will even become fully relaxed, you know, enough to allow it to fall asleep, right? And the other issue is your mind, you know, at the end of the day, well, it's pretty exhausted usually, you know, and so it, it's much more difficult to keep it aware. So um, it, it's common for people just to, to fall asleep or just to, to get so tired, to just give up, roll over and go to sleep. The second method that I used, which was actually shortly after um, having success with this first method, well, the second method is done in the early morning. And it's a lot more effective because at this time, your body and mind are in the ideal state to have this experience. The idea is to wake up a couple hours before you would normally wake up. So let's say maybe after five or six hours of sleep, you'll wake up. Now, at this time, your body is already deeply relaxed. So typically, it's very easy just to fall back asleep. Your body is, is in the ideal state already. And your mind has already gotten a decent amount of rest. So it's a lot easier to keep the mind awake and aware in the early morning. And so um, just that in itself um, will you know, drastically increase uh, the success of your attempts if you're doing it uh, at the right time in the right state of body and mind. And um, so, you know, in the beginning, it would take up to an hour to induce the projection. Now, with this early morning method, that cut my time down to like 15 minutes, you know. And so um, over the years, it just gets easier and easier and faster and faster. Whereas now, you know, I can wake up uh, and, you know, trigger that sweet spot and be out of my body in a matter of seconds. Wow. That's super crazy. And I mean, that makes sense too, right? It's So do you feel like you could probably use the, well, hmm. And all of this is without the uh, Monroe tapes, right? You're kind of just doing this. Just is it just a mental, just a mental meditation you get into, right? And so that's interesting too, because what I'm thinking of is like, because I'm on board with what you were saying about the Monroe tapes. Like, it's not ideal to have a crutch, no matter what it is, right? Uh, so, is there a way that you could use these tapes in order to experience? Like, like I feel like once you have the experience, you are then aware of the state of consciousness that you need to get to in order to like have these things more frequently, if that makes sense. Yeah, sure. It's interesting. And so then the next, the next question, I guess it comes to is like, how do you know, how do you know that you're not just like making it up in your head? Essentially, how do you know that this is a experience where you're actually projecting your consciousness onto into the astral realm? Okay, yeah, it's a good question. <clears throat> um, it is uh, subjective in a sense because it's not like this physical world where you can like go to someone like, look, here's the proof. You know what I mean? 
but um, there are ways that you know. Um, I mentioned uh, doing experiments with lucid dreaming and astral projection. And so over time, those distinctions become apparent. Um, so, you know, in a lucid dream, um, you can tell it's more of an illusory type experience because of the way it's so easily manipulated. You know, every aspect of the experience, you can just change it with your mind. And, you know, you start to realize that's not the case uh, during the astral projections. Um, it, it, there is more of a, uh, a level of being grounded in a, a real reality and you experience that. Um, but there's also um, a type of connection that opens up after I mean, for me, this started to happen after a couple of years um, and starting to, to penetrate into the, the higher dimensions. Um, there's a connection that opens up with what I call and what is commonly called the higher self. And, you know, this is essentially a, a higher aspect of your own consciousness. And you begin to gain um, insights and, and knowledge. And it's almost like uh, a direct connection uh, with the source of truth. And so having this experience, it's not something that can be like properly um, explained uh, from just a pure uh, physical experience standpoint. But when you enter this state, um, you, you experience the truth um, uh, of of whatever knowledge or insights um, are are um, you know are being opened up to you. You experience the truth of this um, in a way that is so much more real than any truth you could experience here in the physical world. And, um, you know, just talking about it like this doesn't really give the experience any justice, but essentially, um, you experience the truth of the reality and, um, that, that's pretty much it. <laughs> I can see it in your face. It's hard to put into words. <laughs> it, it seems like it's one of those things you really have to just experience and believe in, in order to experience it and believe in it so is there almost like a catch-22 there like you're saying you coach people so is there like a level of like you know it, it seems like that chicken or egg situation right like you need to experience it in order to believe in it but you need to believe in it in order to experience it is there a way that you help clients kind of maybe circumvent that i don't know i guess it's almost a limiting belief but how do you how would you convince people that it's real if they've never experienced it before. Okay, sure. <clears throat> well, I would probably make a little tweak to, uh, to that statement. Um, so rather than saying like, you need to experience it in order to believe it. Um, I, you can believe it without experiencing it, but once you experience it, it's more like, uh, you know, that is the reality. Okay. But, um, yeah, I, you know, you just need to go, go into it with an open mind. Um, I mean, if you don't believe that it's possible 
to have an out-of-body experience, um, you're probably not going to try to do it in the, uh, to begin with. Um, and if you do, you know, you probably won't be successful unless by chance you have a spontaneous out-of-body experience, uh, which happens to people sometimes. But um, yeah, in, in terms of, of actually knowing if it is a legitimate reality, as opposed to just a, a creation of, of your subconscious mind, that is something that, that needs to be experienced just because, you know, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to, to demand uh, physical proof for something that is not physical. You know what I mean? And, uh, and so essentially the proof is out there in the experience. It's fascinating. Yeah, because, and then, so I guess the, the next interesting thing that kind of comes up to me and I guess I'm kind of skip, uh, well, the next interesting thing that comes up is the delineation between astral projection and lucid dreaming, or at least trying to get into one versus the other, because I feel like based on what I've heard people explain with regards to like techniques to get into astral or into lucid, they're both pretty similar, like with the wake back to bed method you're talking about, the the mind awake, body asleep. So does this is this something that comes back to intention in order to project your consciousness into the astral do astral projection versus lucid dreaming? Or is there like a slight tweak that you do if you're trying to astral project versus lucid dream that gets you into the each of the altered states? Um well you mentioned the, the wake back to bed method, <clears throat> which is, that was the second method, uh, that, that I mentioned. Um, and what I, what I would do is I would, uh, state affirmations, right? So, so my affirmations were, uh, my body is asleep. My mind is awake. I am consciously leaving my body, things like that. And so the experience would happen, uh, directly from an awakened state. And, you know, like I said, typically, for a lucid dream, uh, you will fall asleep and then awaken inside the dream. Um, now there are types of, uh, lucid dreams, which uh, can be induced, uh, directly from, a, a fully awakened state. Um, right. The, the wild, the wake induced lucid dream. And this is more of a, uh, a mental projection than um, an astral projection. And, um, so the experience, uh, it is quite different from astral projection, uh, in, in several ways. Um, and you know, that, that level of malleability of experience and the environment, um, is the same, um, with, uh, awake induced lucid dream and the typical dream induced lucid dream. Right. Um, and so, yeah. Um, where was I going with that? What was your question? Uh, it was about trying to get into astral versus lucid dreaming. Which one, like, is there a delineation to make in order to do astral versus lucid? Mm -hmm. Sure, sure. Yeah. And so, um, I mean, uh, the difference between the astral projection and the dream induced lucid dream is, I think it's pretty clear, right? Um, you know, one, you fall asleep and then there's a trigger that, that causes you to awaken in the dream. The other is, is a direct experience into the astral. Uh, 
what's more similar is the wake induced lucid dream because it's also a direct projection into more of the subconsciously generated reality. And so <clears throat> there are um, some slightly different uh, methods you can use to induce that. And typically they involve um, visualization, like creating um, some kind of image or environment in your mind's eye and you project your consciousness into that visualization. And, uh, and that induces this subconsciously generated uh, uh, environment and you fully project into it. Um, but, um, you know, you do experience the differences between that type of experience and an astral projection. And there are also uh, uh, symptoms you may might want to call them. Um, for example, typically during astral projection, there is um, a state that is experienced commonly called the vibrational state. If it feels like like vibrations or, or energy, like buzzing strongly throughout your entire body. And then you have this experience of feeling like you're, you're lifting or maybe uh, you roll out of your body or you fall out of your body. But there's, uh, there's this feeling of actually like separating from the body and this movement. And typically during the, the wake induced lucid dream, um, that's not the case. You, you might have, uh, well, you will usually have a sensation of, of movement, but you won't have that vibrational stage. And, um, it, the, the experience of entering, uh, this other reality during the, the waking do lucid dream uh, is different, you know, experientially, there are different aspects to it that are different from astral projecting. Conscious Monkeys, I need to bring your attention to this company that I've been using over the past few months, and probably longer now if you're hearing this, that has absolutely changed the way that I'm actually interfacing with the world. It's a company by the name of Conscious Technologies, and what they do is actually create these harmonizing units. And what it does is it actually takes the rotation of EMF frequencies that are in your area and harmonizes them. They make them in line with the true natural frequency of the universe around you. And they're incredible products. I actually went and I've tested out their quantum flow unit. I've tested out their meditation bed, their core harmonizer. And quite frankly, they were so incredible that I actually bought the cell phone EMF harmonizer for my cell phone. I was also lucky enough that Ross threw in a necklace as well. So I've been wearing that thing. And quite frankly, I'm even wearing it to bed and my dreams have become so vivid and just intense that it's pretty insane. I honestly feel so grateful to have it. Their mission is to bring forth technologies that support the harmony of mankind and the world at large. Go check out their stuff. I mean, looking's for free. And if I'm being honest, if you click the link below and make a purchase, I do get some kickback. But quite frankly, I wouldn't be promoting it if it didn't work. So with that being said, go check them out. Conscious Technologies, LLC. Link below. Now, let's get back to the interview. Gotcha. And I, I can attest to lucid dreams because I've probably had about five or seven trying to get more, but right now the number's at five or seven. And it's interesting because once you are in that dream state, there's usually like this trigger and it's kind of like a, it's kind of like an epiphany where you're like, oh shit, I'm dreaming. Like, all right, now what do I want to do? You know, assuming you don't freak out and it snaps you out of the dream. <laughs> uh, but it's interesting to your point because it sounds like when you're actually projecting though, it's more of a, 
what was coming to mind for me was like a tunnel system where you almost have to go through this like vibrational tunnel that will, how would you articulate it? Almost vibrate your energy, your conscious energy, however you want to state that out of your body and into this other realm. And therefore then you're able to kind of move around it. Yeah. The vibrational stage, um, it, it seems to be a natural, um, a natural phenomenon um, that takes place at the onset of the projection, and um, and it's more of a a body thing, you know. Um, when you have astral projection, you essentially occupy what is called the energy body. You can call it the astral body, or some people call it the spirit body. Um, but you know, your consciousness, uh, shifts from the physical body into this deeper level, um, which is the energy body. And then the energy body, uh, projects from, from the physical body. And so, um, yeah, it, it's just that, that sensation of the separation. That's essentially all that vibrational stage is. Interesting. Yeah. Cause I've, I, I know that I've like felt tingling before if I'm kind of like, just like laying in bed and there's this, like, I know sometimes you'll kind of feel itchy. I know like your, your body will try to start itching itself and it's like this mechanism to see if your body's actually falling asleep versus your mind being awake. And I've, I've felt that energy before that like shaking energy, but I've never, it's almost like, do you have to kind of commit to it? Like, like, do you have people who will feel that shake, like shaking is the wrong word, but vibrating, like you'll feel this like static vibration. And then is there like a limiting belief maybe, or is there a lack of feeling like, is there something that blocks people usually from diving into that vibration and realizing that this is the this is you entering the tunnel. As long as you just get to the end of it, you'll experience that, that separation. Yeah. You know, um, it can be quite a startling experience because like, especially in the beginning, uh, this vibrational sensation can be really strong and it's pretty unique. It's not something that, um, that people normally experience. So it's just such a, a foreign uh, experience. And, um, you know, people can um, start to panic a little bit because, you know, if they're practicing this intentionally, uh, then they probably know, like, all right, it's it's about to happen, right? And then, you know, all these thoughts will come like, oh, my goodness, like, what's going to happen? Like, you know, and that's when, like, a lot of, limiting beliefs can really come out and you know they they can um basically ruin uh the the attempt um so when this vibrational stage hits a lot of times if you just go with the flow you will naturally separate from the body because because really the separation takes place um naturally when we fall asleep. So if you just allow it to happen, you will naturally separate from the body. Mm. Um, But it's a little more complex than that because it's not just 
the physical body and the energy body. So it's not just like there are these two bodies and one separates from the other. You have the projection, then it comes back into it. Really, there are many layers of the energy body and the the densest layer uh, is commonly called the etheric body. And actually the etheric body is what generates the energy bodies that project and enter these other dimensions. And the etheric body remains within the physical body during these experiences. And so it's like your consciousness starts um, in the, in the physical body and then it shifts into the etheric body and then it shifts out into these other energy bodies. And it's not just one energy body that projects out, but, uh, there are, are many, it actually, the etheric body generates, um, projections into multiple levels of reality simultaneously. And so, like I said, it gets really complex and, you know, with, with practice and experimentation, you can begin to actually experience these multiple levels of projections uh, simultaneously and, you know, sh shifting back and forth between them, uh, you start to get an idea of, of how complex it really is. And so, uh, sometimes you'll experience this vibrational stage, um, but you'll kind of, uh, miss the ride and you'll be stuck in the etheric body, which is connected with the physical body still. Mm. Right. And, and so what happens is like, it's not just these energy bodies that kind of, uh, split off and shift into multiple dimensions, but it's your consciousness too. Uh, what a lot of people don't realize is that, um, we're having these experiences in multiple levels of reality, um, at the same time, but, but we're only aware of, of one level of reality typically. And, uh, and so during astral projection, uh, you know, your consciousness, uh, will be, be your, your waking, um, normal state of consciousness will be tuned into only one level of reality. Um, and you know, you can actually, um, shift into higher levels of reality from there. And, and sometimes what you'll experience is that you'll shift into a higher level of reality. And once you get there, you'll realize that you were, you were actually having an experience in this higher level of reality, even before your consciousness shifted into it, because in reality, uh, an aspect of your consciousness was already engaged in that level of reality. And so it's kind of like you pick up where you left off only with your conscious mind tuned into this, this level of reality now. Um, and so it gets a little mind boggling, uh, but, but that's the way that, uh, it is. Oh, for sure. And yeah, the, it, it's always, uh, it's always a trip if you're a, three-dimensional being trying to discuss a seven-dimensional, let's say infinitely dimensional, you know, reality on the other side of things here, right? Because, I mean, it's like, you know, if you're a shadow trying to describe a 3D image, it's like you only see a small section of it. Or even a two-dimensional object trying to describe a three-dimensional object, it's like you don't have the language almost in order to articulate what it is. 
And that's something I've always found so fascinating with any of the plant medicine therapy ceremonies I've done is like, there's a level of like, and it sounds like there's a level of like, not really being able to explain. I mean, you're doing a great job of explaining astral projection, but the feeling, right. That sensation, that, that feeling of knowing that this is astral projection, that it's hard to articulate because you're trying to take something that isn't of the physical realm and trying to articulate it in the physical realm. So first of all, kudos to you pulling it off. <laughs> uh, I am curious though about uh, like some of the uh, some of the explorations you've gone on in the astral realm. Like, what it, is there usually like a go to story you have when people ask you like what's the craziest thing or what's the wildest experience you've had? Um, maybe not a go to. Um, some of my most profound experiences. Um, well, they, they take place, um, in the higher dimensions, right? So I didn't start having these experiences until a little while into my practice. You know, in the beginning, it was pretty standard. You know, I would leave my body. Uh, the environment would look very similar to the physical world. And, you know, that's the nature of, of like the lower dimensions. Like I mentioned the spectrum of not physical reality. And so you, you can consider the physical dimension to be like the base and then from there, as you get higher, um, reality begins to, to become more unique, uh, a lot more different from what we experience in the physical world, you know, a lot more abstract and hard to put into to words using, you know, physical world concepts. Uh, but, you know, in the lower dimensions, um, it is very similar to the physical world in terms of, you know, the appearance of the environment and and your experiences, your sensory experiences. And so, you know, in the beginning, I would just explore, you know, uh, fly different places, you know, um, encounter uh, different people, different entities, some good, some bad. Um, you know, in the beginning, I, I actually had a lot of frightening experiences um, with, uh, at first, shadow people or shadow beings. Um, I think it was my second experience, my second astral projection. I left my body and I wasn't expecting it, but there was this huge shadow person right next to me, like this giant black silhouette, just like facing me. And this thing looked freaky and uh, it scared the crap out of me. And, I, you know, I, I went back into my body. What happens is there's a type of, of, of trigger when you experience like a heightened state of fear and you essentially automatically like reintegrate with the physical body. And so I snapped back into my body and, you know, I decided to give it another shot. I left my body again and this shadow being was still there. And, you know, um, so over the next months, maybe even years, I would encounter these shadow beings. And, you know, in the beginning, um, they, uh, they, they held me back in my, in my explorations because, uh, they were just so scary. And I, you know, sometimes they would actually like come at me, like try to grab me. And a lot of times this would, um, you know, cause me to, to cut the experience short because I, I didn't want any part of, of these entities. Um, but you know, over time I started to realize like, they never actually hurt me. And, um, I, 
found a way to, um, to, to deal with them. You know, I essentially learned to control my emotions and I basically ignored them and it allowed me to continue on my experiences. And, you know, eventually, um, I began to completely bypass, uh, these lower dimensions where they exist in, you know, that I found they, they typically, uh, are encountered in, in the lowest dimensions. And so, you know, over time, um, with practice and development, you, you begin to naturally project into higher and higher dimensions. And so, um, there was a point where I just stopped encountering them altogether because I was now projecting into higher dimensions where they uh, did not have access to. Conscious monkeys, are you looking for a CBD cream that actually works? I've tried many different CBD products and I've really never truly felt like any of them have worked for me. Like maybe there'd be like a little bit of tingling and then it would fade pretty quickly. Then came along Revive CBD. From the first time I tried it on, I could tell that there was something different about this product. I noticed that any joint pain I had was gone within minutes of applying it, and it lasted for a significant duration. I don't have an exact time for you guys, but do your own test. <laughs> so if you're still looking for the right CBD cream, then this might be the right one for you, because if you resonate with my vibe, then maybe you'll resonate with this vibe. I actually kind of just made that up on the spot, so hopefully you liked it. <laughs> Check out the link below, and as a side note, like always, the link below is an affiliate link, but again, I would not be promoting them if it didn't work for me. So hopefully it'll work for you again. Check it out below myrevibe.com. Get yours today. And with that being said, conscious monkeys, let's get back to the interview. That's really interesting. And it sounds like this conversation is about to get into about light and dark. So take this however you will. Uh, I'm curious, what was it about these shadow beings? Because I've seen this on the re on the subreddit as well, where people talk about encountering shadow beings, and they they seem to be like these shadow figures that are just you know huge, I guess, relatively speaking. Uh, they're large, and then it it frightens people, right? And they jump back in their body. What is it about these things that you know made you afraid? Was it Oh, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but like, what was it that made the, made you afraid of them or made you think that they had ill intent towards you? Um, well, <clears throat> I guess uh, there are two main aspects, um, of these encounters. One is, is their presence. Um, you, you can feel their presence and a lot of times it's not a positive presence. There's a, a negative vibe that they give off. Um, it, it's kind of a subjective experience, but, but you can, you can feel energy when you're out in the astral dimension and, and, and you feel their energy and it's, it's not a good energy. And the other aspect is, is their visual appearance. Uh, they just, they just look frightening. They look, you know, like demonic, even really, uh, really creepy. And so I guess the combination of those two factors um, can really, you know, induce the state of fear. Mm. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, that's interesting. And and so have there been, uh, so the, the shadow figures are things I've heard about before. Are there other dark entities or dark energy that you've come into contact with that whether 
on purpose or on accident that you've had to circumnavigate in the astral realm? Yeah, for sure. Um, I've had uh, experiences with entities that have um, essentially attacked me in a sense that um, they um, they induce pain um, by grabbing me, uh, some kind of uh, aggressive behavior. Uh, the first time this happened, um, I was out in the astral and I was in a lower dimension. You know, I mean, typically the lower dimensions uh, appear dark, like it's always night. And, the, and a lot of times the environment can be, just give off this, this vibe, like kind of creepy. Right. And so all of a sudden I feel this presence behind me and I feel a hand grab my shoulder and I feel what seemed like claws, like dig deep into my shoulder. And, you know, this, I'm out, out of my body. This is my energy body that is being uh, experienced. And so this, this entity from behind grabs my energy body's shoulder and just this deep pain sets in. And at that moment, I knew like this was some kind of negative entity and it, it's attacking me essentially it's it's causing this deep pain and so i snapped back to my body and and i still had this lingering pain in my shoulder even when i was awake and uh you know i've had experiences like that over the years every once in a while um i would have an encounter with some entity that would try to try to attack me and and induce um a, a level of pain you know, uh, real tangible pain. And, um, you know, I've had other experiences with entities that I knew didn't have good intentions. I had a lot of experiences with entities that looked like aliens, like the typical gray alien. And, um, it was similar to my experiences with the shadow beings because, uh, these, Aliens, for lack of a better word, uh, would essentially stalk me. So I would be in meditation and and I would feel their presence. And then I would shift from my body and they would be around me. Uh, sometimes they would, you know, just be looking at me. Uh, but sometimes they would, uh, you know, grab me, um, you know, Sometimes they would pull me out of my body, actually. Uh, certain times I wouldn't even intend to have an out-of-body experience. And I would just be laying in a meditative state and I would feel hands grab my ankle. And, you know, in this state, I'm already shifted deep. So um, I'm experiencing a deeper level. So it's not my physical body that I'm feeling. It's, it's my energy body. They grab my ankles and they pull me out of my body. Uh, and it's against my will, you know, I, I'm not asking for it. And, you know, sometimes they, they take me, uh, they try to take me to, to these places. I don't know where. And, um, and, you know, usually, um, I, I try to resist, uh, simply because, 
Um, I, I don't trust their intentions. I don't think, you know, a positive being uh, would would rip you from your body in, in such a way. And, you know, at times I would, I would feel pain where they grab me when they're pulling me to these places. And, um, yeah, a lot of, you know, negative experiences like that over the years, but these negative experiences are only like a, a small fraction of all of my experiences. And honestly, the majority of my experiences are positive and they totally make up for like a small handful of, of these more frightening experiences. And that's a, it's a great point to bring up. And so that I'm able to fill in people where I'm trying to go with this is I'm trying to, <laughs> I think, start in the dark realm, understand the, the dark aspect because we look at the yin and yang symbol. We all have shadow work we need to do. We all are trying to transcend our frequency to the highest level. At least that's my intention. And my hope is, is that my audience is trying to ascend to their highest frequency possible as well. And so the way I'm viewing this, and I didn't articulate this, I didn't even think about till now, was to kind of start in the dark aspects, like, you know, what it is and transition those into the light. And the question that I was going to kind of try to get to, I think, is like, I, I think there's two questions now, especially with this alien thing coming up or the, the grays, whatever we want to call them, you know, is like the idea of intention. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting a lot of like uh, static. Is your mic all the way plugged in? Are you able to check that connection for me real quick? I'm not sure if that's... I don't know if that's just my headphones. I don't know if the people are going to hear this. It's happened a couple times now. And so um, I am hearing that. I don't know if it's getting recorded because the, the voice thing isn't going off, but hopefully it's it's not. Are you good on your end? Are you still hearing it's it? It's like in and out. It's kind of whenever you're talking, but it's not in relation to your mouth, if that makes sense, or your voice, if that makes sense. Hmm. Okay. I, I don't. Um, everything seems to be plugged in as far as I know. Well, I'll push through it because um, I can do that, but I just wanted to call it out in case other people were hearing it. But we'll we'll see in post-production what happens. Uh, back to where we were. I'm interested kind of like this combination of intention and this dark energy because exactly what you're saying where it's against your free will my understanding with the the laws of intervention in the universe is that if you're not asking for something to occur then it doesn't right like if you're not asking alien beings to pull you out of your astral or pull you into your astral body then they won't do it so i'm curious how this kind of couples with your maybe I don't know, idea of like free will versus these aliens or let's say different energy beings actually coming in and pulling you out of your body. Like where do you kind of lie on that spectrum with free will and, and this whole astral projection situation? Okay, sure. Um, well, I, I mean, I, I don't necessarily agree with, with the uh, initial premise that, you know, if you don't ask for something, it, it doesn't happen. I mean, you know, just from a physical world standpoint, you know, bad things happen to people all the time that we don't ask for, you know. I mean, I guess some people will say, oh, on, on some level you ask for it, right? <clears throat> um, but I don't know if there's really any any evidence to support that. 
at least that that's the case every time. Um, I mean, I, the thing is with some of these experiences, um, I, I didn't have any, um, like previous belief or concept for them before they started to occur. For example, with the aliens, um, I had no idea that I would encounter aliens out of my body. You know, at that time, I thought they were just physical beings that, you know, flew around in UFOs and would abduct people in a physical sense. And, you know, I was totally shocked when I started to encounter them out of my body. And so it's not like something that um, I had some kind of like secret intention or secret expectation for because because I didn't. And, you know, uh, that happened you know, many other times with different experiences. So, um, I mean, it's certainly possible to, um, to trigger experiences like this with your intention. You know, um, I, I use intention all the time during these experiences to, to direct, uh, where my experiences go and, and what happens. Um, but, um, you know, in, in my experience, um, there are things that, that just happen, you know, um, because the people, other beings of consciousness that we, you know, inhabit this world with, well, they have their own free will. We have our own free will. And I think it's the nature of the reality that, that we interact and we can, you know, influence each other and, you know, um, kind of help shape each other's experiences and and so there's this interaction right so if if these entities you know want to come here in the physical world and abduct me or if they want to pull me out of my body um you know that's what they'll do and uh you know i i don't believe they need my permission to do that just like uh, i can go to my neighbor's house and smack him in the face you know and he he didn't have my permission uh, or no, I didn't have his permission. It's just, you know, something that I decided to do. Yeah, that's certainly a, uh, a fair point and definitely something that's interesting along the lines of the whole free will discussion and, um, yeah, how that plays out where I'm interested is maybe where, and this is maybe where we can transition it towards that light ideas, like where kind of like, when did this occur? So like, were you, almost starting to transcend. So we're, we're talking about all these dark uh, energy situations. So was there a moment where you started transcending this, like the lower vibrations, these lower realms of consciousness into the upper realms of more, maybe high vibes, high energy, positive light type stuff. And where does that kind of couple with these experiences? Because where my mind is going is that, and this is just my past beliefs that I'm projecting onto your situation, no pun intended, <laughs> is that uh, you started to, and I, this is a guess or assumption, is that you're starting to go into the higher levels and then these entities are trying to make you afraid to to kind of pull you back down, but it might not even be the case. So from a question perspective, is like, where did this line up of you transcending into these higher states of consciousness? And then when did these more dark experiences or intrusive experiences occur. Okay. Um, 
Well, they they started from the beginning, and um, you know, over time, I I gained the ability to, to more easily and more frequently frequently access uh, these higher dimensions, and so uh, there was also a, a lessening of of these more negative experiences over time, like in correlation with that. Um, it wasn't like um, every time it would it would be like a higher dimension, you know, because it can depend on you know your current state, your current mood. Sometimes we have ups and downs, you know, but it was more of a general thing. Whereas over time, um, these these higher dimensional experiences became uh, more and more common. Um, and, you know, intention also played a, a role. So um, I began to to use my intention more to direct my experiences, where in the beginning, like I said, um, I was kind of just more going with the flow and just exploring and just letting whatever came to me come and going to wherever I, I happened to find myself. So, um, yeah, it, it, you know, it was a combination of um, just a natural... Um, development and progression and uh, the use of my intention right so you know um you know even nowadays every now and then um i'll have some kind of encounter that is you know less than um positive uh but the norm now and you know over time it these higher level positive experiences, profound experiences uh, became, um, became the norm. And these negative experiences became uh, a lot more rare. Whereas, you know, in the beginning, um, they were a lot mm. more common. Was there, and again, this is a projection from my own life. So I'm curious if this relates to the astral realm. Was there any benefit to experiencing those dark energies, that dark you know, these entities that had, let's say, lesser than positive intentions, did that help you in any way whenever you started to access the higher levels of consciousness through your astral projecting? Uh, well, um, you know, I learned how to to deal with these negative entities. Um, and I, I gained some pretty important uh, lessons uh, from those experiences. Um, you know, even with, um, the, the alien looking entities, um, I, I learned how to essentially, um, transcend them. And what I found was that by, uh, projecting love, uh, loving energy towards them, they would, uh, disappear from my perception. And, um, uh, I came to two possible c conclusions. One is that they're simply repulsed or repelled by this, this loving energy, you know, their frequency is, is lower and, um, you know, there's this repelling force that this higher level of energy has on them. Um, and the other possibility is that, um, 
I'm not actually affecting them with the energy, but uh, I'm affecting only myself in a sense that I'm raising my own uh, level of consciousness to uh, to a state, to a dimension beyond where they are. Um, and and I think that is probably the case in my experience. Um, your state of consciousness um, directly affects uh, what you experience, what dimension you experience, and, and the nature of your experiences in general. Dude, that's so powerful. Conscious Monkeys, if you're looking to start your own podcast, I have the two tools that you need to use to get that show on the road. And the names are Buzzsprout and Riverside. I'm combining these into one ad because, you know, I've honestly had nothing but the best for them. But if you're going to be using one of them, you might be using the other one. So what Buzzsprout is, is essentially the platform that I use to put my podcast out there. It's the reason you can hear this. That's the reason that I appear on all these different directories. The thing you might also need is that if you're interviewing people, you're going to need Riverside as well. And quite frankly, I'm using it right now to even just record these podcasts because they will even dilate in, dilate in. I don't think that's the right phrase for it. They will harmonize your voice so that it sounds equivalent. So if I start talking quiet at one point, they have a built-in editor that will actually make your voice sound crisp. I highly suggest Buzzsprout and Riverside. Go check out the links below in the description. And like always, these are affiliate links. So I do get a minor kickback if you do sign up with them. However, like always, they are incredible. The support has been on point and they always get back to me. So I highly recommend them. If you have any questions, they're there to help. So with that being said, go check it out in the link below and let's get back to the interview. What you just said there. And that's something that I have noticed in my own life, my physical reality life, where as you raise your own consciousness, you raise your own frequency to a state of more love, more acceptance, more empathy, more understanding, appreciation, it pushes away in a sense, repels people that are living in that lower frequency state. How that manifests is going to be different, but the core metaphysical structure of the fact that whenever I choose love over scarcity, fear, judgment, anger it seems to push away when i choose love it seems to push away people who are operating from that lower state of consciousness even in this physical realm yeah definitely and you know um out in these higher dimensions all of this um manifests a lot more quickly you know like for example, the law of attraction. So, you know, you think about something, you have an intention. Well, here in this physical world, we actually got to do physical work to make that happen typically, you know what I mean? But but out there in these higher dimensions, y your intentions uh, can directly lead to, to an experience almost immediately. So there's this um, kind of like amplification of, of that process in these higher dimensions. So wild. And that's, that's something as well that I've heard about before where on either it's different solar systems, different planets, manifestation so much quicker. And I've heard it's a big reason that people, whenever they incarnate on this planet, that they struggle with it is because manifestations are not instantaneous. There's, you can set the intention, but it takes a little bit of time for it to actually come to physical fruition, which is comes to an interesting place. You're 
talking about how there's aliens that were of a lower frequency. Have you interacted with any aliens that are of a higher frequency? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've had some pretty incredible experiences with these uh, higher level entities. You know, they look like aliens. Uh, so I'll call them aliens. So uh, one pretty remarkable experience was um, this one time I found myself out in space. I was out of my body and I was I was aboard this spacecraft and I was surrounded by these these alien looking beings. Um, they had blue skin. They look like grays, but th you know, they're small. They had blue skin, like light blue skin. And, and they were sharing, uh, this, this knowledge with me. It was like a telepathic link was opened between me and these entities. And I, I was just getting like these downloads of, of knowledge. And, um, a lot of it was, was so profound. It was like, it was beyond my, my conscious mind's ability to, to truly like comprehend, right? Like there, there was a, a level where like, I, I knew the truth of what, uh, they were sharing with me, but another level was like beyond my grasp. And, um, I think a lot of this has to do with, um, actually recalling the experience and as it's being downloaded, you know, you need to, to be able to kind of tra transfer, translate, um, the experience, uh, into the concepts that, that make sense to us, you know, in this physical world. And, um, and, and that's where the issue lies because some of these concepts are, are so far beyond that. Uh, there's just no way to properly um, like integrate them in a way that that you can express and that makes sense, you know, in this level of reality. Um, but I did take away uh, some things that I was able to to fully comprehend, and and one of them was that uh, they told me that before this life that I'm living right now, I I made some kind of agreement with this group of of aliens to to have a, a relationship with them during this life. It, it was almost a type of like soul contract that I made with them. And I experienced this. Uh, they didn't just tell me, but it was like, like a firsthand experience of the truth of this, like, like the memories of that. Like I, I knew it was true. And, um, and yeah, it was a pretty, uh, eye opening experience. Um, I had this one other experience that, that I can mention, which was involving, a another let me, type of, let me cut you group off of aliens. I'm, I want to hear it. I want to hear it, but let's sure. analyze this thing first. Okay. I love the excitement. I love it. Okay. Uh, what, so soul contracts are super fascinating to me. It's something I'm still learning more about. And that's fascinating too. This is the first time I've ever heard about a human having a soul contract with an alien about this incarnation, or I guess a group of aliens even. So what did, were you told like the purpose of it? Was there some like a message that there, that your, your physical incarnation was supposed to help them with? Like, what was, did you get the nature of the relationship of like, okay, well I'm supposed to have a relationship with them. Have you been clued into the, 
how that's going to help them and yourself with this physical incarnation? Um, yeah, what, what I took away from it was that um, the main purpose was was for them to help me in, in the development, the acceleration of of my uh, of my spiritual growth of the you know uh, the evolution of, of you know of my consciousness and, and things of that nature. So it was more like um, I, I didn't get the sense that. I was really helping them, but it was more like hmm. they were helping me. Interesting. Conscious monkeys. I've got something out there for all my coaches. Anybody who has digital courses, anybody who's creating content, whether it's audio or video, you got to check out SuperPass. SuperPass is the super dope platform that I've been using now. And they're actually what has enabled my app to work. It's what's enabled me to start generating income and to help people more effectively. If you are a content creator, you create audio, video, whatever it may be, SuperPass might be the choice for you because they'll provide you with your own app and they have a great online service to also help you out. So I'm not going to put in too much because everything they do is way too much to pack into this one ad. I will say go click the link below because that is where you'll be able to find all the information. This is an affiliate link and I wouldn't be promoting them if it didn't help me. Click the link below and go check out SuperPass. With that being said, Conscious Monkeys, let's get back to the last segment of the interview. And so then do you make it a part of, do you communicate that with them now on a frequent basis or is it just, is it kind of random when you run into them? How does that relationship work out? Um, yeah, well, you know, like I said, um, we, we have all these experiences and all these different levels, levels of reality um, that we're we're not aware of and you know you become aware of them when you project into these other dimensions consciously but um but you know you, you learn that they take place even if your conscious mind is not tuned into them and so um i believe that um you know there are levels of of experience that that may be taking place um that i'm not aware of you know maybe with these entities or or you know any other number of things um you know I, I have had other experiences um with them particularly more more recently uh, which um you know i'm i'm currently writing um another book and this book is about uh, my more recent experiences you know the, uh, my my last book um covered my experiences um up until the time I started writing it, which was, uh, I think, um, 2019. And, um, you know, what seems to have happened like over the years is there's almost like an, an exponential, um, evolution of my experiences, particularly, uh, more recently, you know, like with the pandemic, a lot of, um, free time that I didn't have before that I was able to, to put into my practice, uh, you know, for a while I was just letting it happen naturally. And, you know, I got to a point where I was just having, uh, these experiences spontaneously, uh, without even really, um, intending to, you know, it was more like, uh, well, you go to sleep and you have a dream and, you know, you don't have the intention of having a dream. It just happens. And so it was like that only with, my lucid dreams and 
astral projections. They would just happen. Um, but when I was able to, you know, when I, when I decided like, all right, I have this free time, let me invest it more into this. That's when things like mm -hmm. really took off. And so like that happened after, um, the end of the last book. And so, uh, I have a lot of really like mind blowing experiences, um, that I haven't shared with anyone yet. And they will be in, in the new book, uh, I think it'll be done next year. So, you know, some things um, I, I can't share until I release that. But um, I will talk about another experience I had with another group of entities. And this was a different group from the one I just mentioned. But this group, uh, I discovered that I had an even more profound relationship with and so i was out of my body and this this alien appeared before me it almost just like manifested in front of me and it opened up this this telepathic connection with me and and it was similar to that previous experience because i i received this, this download of of information but it was also like memories and experience. And it was made known to me that I am simultaneously having an experience in another level of reality, another life as a member of this alien species, whatever it happened to be. Um, in another life that I'm concurrently living, I am one of these aliens. Um, but not only that, the, the alien that was in front of me, um, I have a, a deep connection with like at the soul level. And, and there is this, this deep bond, this love that, uh, I experienced. It was made known to me. It was, it was revealed to me. And then this, this entity uh, approached me and it wrapped its arms around me. And there was this like explosion of, of bliss, like within me. And it was just like mind shattering. It was, it, it felt like uh, I was just breaking into, into pieces. The, this bliss and the love was like too much to, to handle. It was almost painful. And, uh, it was a really incredible experience and, uh, you know, things like this have, have revealed to me the complexity of, of who we are and, um, you know, the nature of, you know, past lives, not just past lives, but, but other lives, um, that, uh, we are living in and not aware of, because like I said, our consciousness is just tuned into one level of reality, you know, f just for the, you know, the, the purpose of, of this particular level of experience. Like if we had knowledge, you, you mentioned something like this, if we had knowledge of all these other aspects of, of our spiritual selves and these other lives and higher levels of our consciousness, it would kind of negate the purpose of, of this particular experience. You know, like we, 
we limit ourselves almost intentionally. So these experiences can can kind of um, reveal to us uh, these other dimensions of of who we are, and and um, it's definitely um, pretty incredible. So fascinating, yeah. And that's something. That's even something that I'm trying to piece together a little bit more myself because I know there's people who talk about like twin flames where it's like, you know, they, they say they found their, you know, and based on some of the stories, it's pretty fascinating where it's like a, usually a man and a female or at least two different genders is my assumption, but I assume you could probably be the same gender. Oh, actually I do know a girl who's a girl and a girl that, but the point is, is that they like have this like deep recognizing kind of like what you're talking about with this other alien, where it's this deep recognition of like a piece of my soul is also within you. And this is certainly something I'm trying to fix my brain around a little bit more because it it's fascinating too because it's like, okay, well, now we have an example. Now I have an example of someone who his soul is experiencing being an alien and a human at the same time. And I find it fascinating because it it, it invites this like it invites this level of okay, well, how many, let's say, souls or conscious 3D beings are we able to be at once? And where it kind of gets interesting for me, and maybe you're able to help shed some light on this, is at a certain level, we're all each other experiencing the human experience as one, right? Like a, like this idea of illusion being a separation at some level is just that, an illusion, where at some level, you know, I am Vincent, you are me, I am this microphone, you know, we can break that down as deep as you want to go. So I'm curious where, like, where that kind of conversation falls in your wheelhouse of understanding, especially having that type of experience, because myself, I've never had an experience where I'm like, you know, this is my quote unquote, twin flame, this is, you know, my soul is another incarnation. So for me, it's still at that stage of like, I know there's some truth here, but I'm not sure how deep that truth actually lies. Yeah, for sure. So, um, my experiences, um, in the higher dimensions and my experiences with my higher self have revealed things to me. Um, related to to what you're talking about, um, and so particularly uh, my experiences uh, with my higher self. So essentially, the higher self is um, is like the the highest or the deepest um, level of of who we are as consciousness as spiritual entities. The idea is that um, the higher self sends um, probes, you can call, into these more limited levels of reality to have experiences to accumulate, you know, knowledge and and lessons and and spiritual growth, and so. Uh, what you can do during um, out-of-body experiences is you can connect with the higher self 
And what you experience uh, is a, a unification with the higher self, which actually consists of a multitude of different individuals. So the idea is that, um, you know, we're just one small aspect of our higher self, like who we believe ourselves to be as this one particular individual, but the higher self has all these other aspects, which are other unique individuals also having lives, different, um, different times, different places, different, different levels of reality. And, and so when you integrate with the higher self, you, you experience yourself as all of these, uh, different individuals like simultaneously. And, you know, at that level of the higher self, uh, we're all just one consciousness. And, um, and that goes even higher. Like when you enter like the really higher dimensions, um, you can experience a connection with, with God, with, with the creator, with all of existence. And, uh, it's such a incredible experience. It's really beyond words. Uh, but, but you do gain this experience firsthand that, uh, we have this intimate connection with, with all that exists, all living beings, all consciousness, all, all of reality. And, you know, to actually experience that, uh, is, it's really life changing because it, it totally changes, um, your perspective of, of who you are and what your life is all about and, and how you interact with others, you know? So it's not just a cool experience, but it does have, have an effect on you, like in the real world. It's interesting you say that. Cause that's kind of where I was going to transition this next, which is super dope is to understand it's like, or how this astral projection, the lucid dreaming has actually helped you in this physical world. How, is it like helped with manifesting stuff quicker? Has it helped with a, just a deeper understanding of how vast the cosmos is? Like, has it helped you feel more at peace with who you are as a human? Like how is, how was your entire, what, since you're 14, you look like you're in your mid thirties. So I'm assuming at least 15 years of astral projecting. How is that really anchored into your physical reality? And how has that helped your, helped your life? Maybe it's hurt. I don't know. But how has that really had an influence on your life as a whole? Yeah. Every, everything you said is true. Um, yeah, I've been doing this for wow. 22 years now and, um, you know, at the most, uh, basic level, you know, like I said, um, it, it changes your, your conception of who you are and, you know, what your life is about and your connection with other people. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, so this, um, this influences your beliefs about yourself, about reality, and, you know, that influences uh, your thoughts, how you think about yourself and other people and situations. Um, and that it, that influences, um, you know, your actions. And and so, um, yeah, it just has this rippling effect in all areas of, of your life. And, you know, you see that play out, um, you know, and, you know, simple things like, you know, you experience more joy, more peace. Right. Um, just, just knowing this stuff. Um, but you know, there's also an effect, um, like, like physically, um, as you develop your energy body, well, the energy body is 
intimately connected with the physical body. And so, um, you know, the development of the energy body uh, also has an effect on the physical body. So, so you, you begin to, to experience um, your energy uh, more strongly. You, you, you begin to tap into this level of energy where you can just focus uh, within yourself and, um, and you can have this experience of, of these like deeper levels of, um, of, you know, your energy and, and your consciousness, um, which most people, um, aren't able to, to really tap into an experience. It's fascinating. It's really interesting. Definitely a world that I think I'm going to put a lot more effort into getting into. Cause it's weird. Cause I have this, like, I'll like put a bunch of effort into it. I've probably been trying to lose a dream I, consistently. Right. Since like, that's not fair. I've been trying to get to a place where I can lucid dream like every night consistently. And it's been for a while, probably since I have a dream journal dates back to like 2018. Uh, but it hasn't been consistent. And I, and I, and I truly feel like, especially even talking with you, there's a, either a limiting belief or some reason that I feel like I'm not supposed to, but maybe that's just the mind kind of coming in and, rationalizing excuses for why it hasn't happened yet where it needs this more purpose-driven like no i'm a human being just because the fact that i'm speaking the fact that someone's listening that means that they are able to do this on a consistent basis it just takes that it sounds like it just takes that effort that drive and that knowing to actually do it yeah definitely the dream journal is is really important you know um, when, when I was pretty deep into my dream journaling practice, I was recording like six or seven wow. dreams a night. And it, it was just this, this dedication. I had this motivation, uh, that allowed me to be so consistent with it. And, um, uh, and, you know, essentially like at the end of every sleep cycle, you have a dream, right? And there's a, a brief moment where, you know, we wake up just naturally. And usually we don't remember that we instantly fall back asleep, like at the reset of the sleep cycle. Um, but, you know, I train myself to, to, to catch that and, you know, uh, wake up momentarily, write down a few keywords uh, about the dream. And, you know, in the morning mm. I would kind of fill in the blanks. So I wasn't writing the full story, but I was writing enough to, to trigger uh the, f the full memory of of the dream and it helped enormously in my lucid dreaming practice and in my astral projection practice too just in general just uh, a strengthening of uh of my consciousness that's awesome yeah because that's that's also something is where you kind of have to do it right away like you almost lose the dream very quickly if you don't make a conscious practice of like getting to the journal and writing down a couple keywords because otherwise it'll pretty much fade. Yeah. Is that a definitely. similar thing with astral projecting as well? Or, or astral projections more ingrained where you're like, Oh, I know what happened. Yeah. Well, with the astral projection, um, you're fully conscious. So it, it is easier to recall the experiences, you know, um, and it's the same as like a lucid dream. It'll be a lot easier to mm -hmm. remember a lucid dream than a non-lucid dream, just because you have that that strong level of awareness during the experience. Um, but 
Um, you know, I have um, back-to-back astral projections, and sometimes I get a little too carried away where I have so many that uh, I begin to to lose the memory of the initial projections because, like, the newer experiences kind of, um, I guess, like, fill up my memory <laughs> bank, this, this my available space, and they begin to replace newer experiences begin to replace the older experiences. So, so I learned that, you know, I can't get too carried away, even though like a lot of times it'll be super simple after a projection to just project immediately and have another experience. Um, you know, I, I learned to, to take a moment after uh, reintegrating with the body to, to write down the experience and then have another experience so I, I don't forget those that's cool yeah and honestly <laughs> speaking of parallels that reminds me of like plant medicine ceremonies where you can't just keep going into them over and over again you actually need to like sit down write the lesson I, the timeline's going to be far different like than astral projection but the core concept of okay you need to you you had this experience write it down remember what it was all right now you know integrate figure it out and then move on to the next one and I know the time horizon on that. It's completely different for astral projection versus like doing plant medicine, but found it interesting there that there was a small overlap with how, you know, you need to take a second to remember what occurred and like what the, the core theme of it was. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Dr- dreams are interesting. So- sometimes um, I won't remember a dream. Um, right after waking up, especially if I wake up, like, cause I'm awakened by something and then I immediately have to get up and, you know, deal with something in the physical world. But then like later on the day, something will happen and that'll trigger the memory and it'll be like, Oh yeah, I had this crazy <laughs> dream last night. It's funny. Sometimes they, they come to mind. That's pretty cool. Almost randomly. I mean, that seems like evidence enough that there's another layer of consciousness out there. That's, uh, you know, has its voice that's trying to be heard. Yeah, Dude, definitely. Well, Vincent, I'm getting this little poke in the back of my head that we should wrap this up. Um, so first of all, I want to thank you so much for your time. Super appreciative of it. Uh, you got two books. You got one book out there. You sounds like you got another one in the works. Um, I love giving this time. Oh, I didn't even ask you the, the most important question. I always ask people is what before we get into that, what was the very first thing that you wanted to be whenever you grew up before an astral projector? man a dinosaur uh, a dinosaur <laughs> yeah i was kidding i want to be a dinosaur when i grow up no i love dinosaurs like jurassic park the movie probably like uh is it is it possible to like astral project into the past and like see the dinosaurs is that a thing uh yeah well you know um time uh, does not work the same in the higher dimensions. So it's not like such a linear construct. And so, you know, like I said, in these higher dimensions where I access my higher self, um, I, I experience like um, myself as individuals at different, um, you know, periods of time, past, future, um, present. And, uh, and yeah, so it's definitely uh, possible. I mean, I've never like, intentionally travel to the past to see dinosaurs or anything like that but you know 
I know of other explorers who have done that. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I mean, in my experience, it's, it's definitely possible and, and others have experienced that as well in, in some That's wild. In one way or another. Well, that honestly motivates me even more to get into it. Cause I think the dinosaurs, there was one period in time people were always like, Oh, what period in time would you go back? I'd be like, dude, how cool would you just be like on a spaceship, just like hovering over like the Jurassic period whenever dinosaurs were just being, you know, savages that they <laughs> were like, I think that would be probably the time period to go back to. You know, th this kind of triggers a memory. Uh, I had an out-of-body experience um, that, that I'm remembering now. Um, and and there were uh, dinosaurs in this dimension, like these, these giant beasts. Uh, you know, they, they look just like dinosaurs. And, um, and this world was just crawling with them. And, um, and you know... I didn't have the impression that I was like going back in time, but more like I was ask accessing um, a reality, a dimension in which they exist, like at mm, the present yeah. time. You know what I mean? That's wild. Were there humans? Like, was there other conscious species that were evolved side by side, or it's almost just like the meteor missed Earth in this dimension? I was only aware of these okay. dinosaurs. So, so you got to see a couple. You, you have seen a couple of dinosaurs in the projection, man. So that's cool. <laughs> it, it was interesting because um, I was so fully immersed in this dimension. Um, I could tell that they mm. sensed me, and and they one of them actually oh, chased me. <laughs> it was pretty crazy. I was trying to get away from it. Um, and you know, I wasn't scared like to trigger like the reintegration with my body. Um, cause it was such an interesting experience, but I definitely didn't want to get, you know, caught up in the jaws. <laughs> well, so it. this, so this is interesting, right? Because I know like dogs, dogs and cats, for instance, right? That's our physical world representation, and, but animals in general have this like sixth sense connection to the, whatever you want to call it, the divine energy, the spirit world understanding intention and all that stuff so i assume that this dinosaur you ran into was experiencing the same thing where it was more just sensing your presence even though it's a physical animal so first of all correct me if i'm wrong on that and then the next piece of the puzzle would be is even if this physical dinosaur caught you and let's say hit you for instance would that have even had an effect on your body because you're in this different realm or plane of existence compared to the physical uh yeah well actually um this dinosaur it it did get me and and when that happened i experienced a, a strong energetic uh sensation it wasn't pain um but it was it was like my energy body was was affected strongly and Actually, at this time during this experience, when when it grabbed me, I can't remember if it if it bit me or or what exactly happened, but it affected my energy body um, back in my etheric body, which was which is you know attached with the physical body, and and it, that caused my consciousness to split, and now I was experiencing myself like in the same space as my physical body and out in this other dimension at the same time, and I had this. Uh, this energetic like awakening inside my etheric body. 
from this experience. Um, but see, I wouldn't consider these dinosaur entities uh, to have been physical uh, because the way astral projection works is that your consciousness um, projects um, into non-physical reality, right? And so a lot of people will say like, oh, I want to have an out-of-body experience and go to, to the pyramids in Egypt or I want to go spy on my neighbors or something like that. But you're not projecting into the physical world. You're projecting into to non-physical dimensions. And, and so um, you, you interact directly with whatever people or entities um, you encounter. So, so it's not like, you know, we're in this physical world and um, there are spirits around us watching us, um, but we're unaware of them. Or maybe we'll, we'll pick up a little sensation, but we can't fully interact with them. It's not like that. Um, it, it, it might be more similar to um, some alien abduction uh, reports where aliens will just manifest themselves to the person and, you know, do something to them, a direct experience. So, um, yeah, that, that, that's a common misconception that, uh, that I get. I mean, there's uh, something called remote viewing, which mm. is, you know, when you project your mind into other places uh, in this physical world, that's typically used, you know, to retrieve some kind of information about this world. But, you know, astral projection, uh, you're, you're entering other realities. And yeah, like I said, um, so these dinosaurs, they would, you know, in theory have, um, you know, direct interaction with me. Okay. Because these would have been more, astral realm dinosaurs as opposed to physical realm dinosaurs right so now they are in astral realm dinosaur that's in a different dimension than ours is that the way you put it exactly so then would there be a i guess i'm assuming this means that there would be a physical realm dinosaur in another in another dimension there would be a physical dinosaur representation of this astral realm dinosaur would that be a fair assumption to make as well or am i stretching it there mm, uh, well i would say not necessarily uh because um okay so like we're physical beings and we can project into the astral dimension right correct but then we come back like this is our, our base level of reality for for the time being whereas um most entities you will encounter in the astral dimension, that is their base level of reality. So they're not coming back into a physical mm, okay. body. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. They're not. Okay. Yeah. That's their level of consciousness and awareness. And then it shifts. Okay. Yeah. We're on the same page there. That's cool. The other thing you mentioned though is remote viewing, which I don't know if you've seen uh, the movie, the men who stare at goats. Uh, which is mm -hmm. it's so funny, hilarious movie. Um, uh, but that, that, so that movie is also based off of what I was talking about earlier, the, uh, 
I think it's the I think it's called the Gateway Experiment. If you type in CIA Stargate, that's what it is. Stargate, the CIA Stargate um, experiment. That's where they start talking about like astral projection, remote viewing. So, do you have where does remote viewing then sit with regards to all of this um, astral projecting and lucid dreaming? Because it's it seems like you're almost astral projecting, but then onto the physical reality. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it seems to be more of a, a a mental projection, or even like a, a psychic ability. Um, and so, like you know, astral projection. Um, this is actually a natural process that takes place, whether you're aware of it or not. You know, when we sleep, uh, these these energy bodies that we have, they they shift into their respective non physical realities dimensions. Um, and, you know, like I said, you, you don't access the physical dimension, you access these non-physical realities. And yeah, so, so that's the main difference with remote viewing. You know, it's like, is your mind is tapping into this physical reality and there's no, uh, type of like energy body involved. It's pure mind projection. Mm. Okay. You know, I, I've never really, um got into the remote viewing. Um, I, I never had much interest in exploring this physical world. Um, because once you get out of body into the astral dimensions and especially the higher dimensions, uh, nothing in this physical world even compares to what you can experience out there in the higher dimensions. So I just never had really any interest in that. I mean, it makes sense, dude. If I could, if I had the opportunity to run around with dinosaurs, man, like I would choose that over <laughs> seeing anything in this dimension. <laughs> um, but that's dope, man. I mean, it's a super cool, super cool stuff you experience. And I'm certainly going to be more adept to trying these things out. Um, it's something. So at this point though, I think it's time to wrap it up. What? So I always love giving the floor to my guests to, whether you want to encourage people to do something, you know, you got your book out. I, I'm going to take any link that you want to send me. I'll throw it down in the show notes below. So feel free to reference that. Um, so the floor is yours with whatever you want to say to the, say to the audience. Okay, great. Oh uh, yeah. In, in terms of these practices, um, you know, they can really uh, open your mind and, and reveal, um, such incredible insights to you regarding like the nature of, of who we really are and, you know, what this life and this reality is really all about. And, you know, these can, can really, uh, can really be beneficial in your life, you know, not just in terms of um, your own perception and perspective, but, um, you know, just engaging in these practices themselves, you know, involves meditation. And there are also, you know, physical benefits to that. You know, like I said, increased uh, joy and peace, you know, in your daily life. And, uh, you know, it also uh, helps you to, to, to better interact with people. Uh, it, it can improve your, your relationships with others. And, you know, um, I've had experiences that were so profound that, you know, for days after I was just in this like ecstatic state, like 
like something that you wouldn't experience normally. And it, you know, it has this, this rippling effect into your, your daily life in more, more ways than one. So it's definitely at least something to, to investigate and look, look into and decide if, if it's for you or not. But, you know, uh, in my book, um, I, I give all the techniques and methods that I've used over the years. So, you know, you can practice and have your own experiences or in the very least, uh, you know, read about mine and, um, and kind of just get an idea of what's out there. You know, it's super fascinating, even at that level. And, uh, you know, if you are interested, the book is in paperback, Kindle, audiobook on amazon.com. And yeah, I would appreciate uh, the support and uh, hopefully it uh, is beneficial to you in one way or the other. Yeah, I mean, certainly fascinating. I, I think I reached out to you when it happened. I like started reading it and I, I, I know I read the first, the intro and then I was like, oh shit, like I just got to talk to this guy. I don't think I can listen to this audio book just yet. And so I know I have the audio book and so I guess I, I got to make it a point. I'll get back to actually going through the whole thing and, and seeing it. But dude, Vincent, thank you so much for your time, man. This was a, a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, man, I did too. I appreciate you having me on. Hell yeah, man. So, so again, guys, if you want to connect more with Vincent's stuff, click the links below. Uh, I'm sure we'll get the book. We'll, we'll see what Vincent sends over for the links. But other than that, Conscious Monkeys, I will see you all in the sixth dimension. Peace.